of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced with hailstones and bolts of lightning. Hailstones and bolts of lightning. Out of the brightness before him, Psalm 1812, hailstones and coals of fire broke through his clouds. The brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed. In the homiletic commentary, they say the brightness intended is probably that of lightning. The thick clouds are riven and parted asunder for the lightning to burst forth, then come, almost simultaneously, hailstones and coals of fire, hail like that which fell in Egypt before the exodus, when there was hail and fire mingled with the hail a fire which ran along upon the ground or some very unusual electric phenomenon praise you Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Holy One, One and Only Begotten Son of the Ancient One, the Lord of Spirits. In the authorized version, the thought is of a sudden clearing of the heavens, which is not true to nature, and the clause hailstones and coals of fire comes in as an exclamation in the next verse and from ellicott's commentary for english readers at the brightness This is obscure, literally. From the brightness before him, his clouds passed through. Hail and fiery coals. In Samuel, Remapari, 
In Samuel, it is from the brightness before him, flamed fiery coals, which is in the description we should expect and doubtless gives the sense we are to attach to our text through the dark curtain of clouds. The lightnings dart like emanations from the divine brightness which they hide. There is a storm all around you. The Lord is my rock. He made darkness his hiding place and storm clouds a canopy around him. From the brightness of his presence as clouds advance, hailstones and coals of fire. Hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. Hailstones and coals of fire. The Berean Standard Bible. Now, if you recall... What did we talk about yesterday? And if you haven't seen my broadcast yesterday, we'll catch you up to speed. The heart of hearts. Not the, not the flesh mind, not the heart of the soul, but the heart of your spirit. That is the mystery of the heart of hearts. Your heart of your spirit. With fiery coals made in the image and likeness of God your Father. But do not despise the days of small beginnings. If you are not yet a the spirit of the righteous, a spirit of a righteous man or a righteous woman in angel-like form. Do not despise the days of small beginnings in the spirit of a man and your beautiful, glowing, gingerbread man-like form. Do not despise it. It is precious unto the Lord. Now the sorcerers of the knowledge of the tree the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They despise that form. And they seek a demonic transfiguration of their spirit. But they despise the spirit of the believers, regarding it as animal. Oh yes. That is why in Luciferianism, in serving the serving of Satan, the Satans who fell from heaven, in Freemasonry, they follow the letter of the law of the Old or the New Testament. Oftentimes, in Old Testament, even Levitical law. This is what I discovered. The Lord showed me this himself. You want to learn Freemasonry? Just read Leviticus in the dead letter, like a sorcerer. There you have it, Freemasonry, Leviticus. That's what the Lord told me. Hallelujah. Despising the form 
of the untransfigured human spirit that is precious, altogether precious unto the Lord. That part of you joined the Lord at salvation, yet not transfigured into an angel-like being yet. You receive the deposit, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Because they despise that form and have no regard for the preciousness, to them all men and women are as animals that are easily sacrificed. That are easily sacrificed as an animal sacrifice to them. Murdered, slaughtered in wars, people stolen and sacrificed to demon gods. Even your very lives and your children's lives sacrificed to indebted slavery. Having to work for Pharaoh in Pharaoh's system, black and white, magic and witchcraft, always working to try and pay off debts you can never seem to pay off, and it's all the convolutedness of the disparity between the top 1% and those who serve Satan. Yes, God has favored some, but... The reason the sons of Satan still have the stolen grace of the believers is because the believers, as a body, we have not corporately stepped into righteousness. Money, glory, grace, things just to flow well despite any imperfections. Anti-aging, beauty, confidence. Do not throw your confidence away, it is written. Your call is to have all those things added unto you in the narrow way through the gate of Jesus Christ. To forsake idolatry, but not to go into the black magic of Johnny's. Because to be poverty-minded is not righteousness. What the enemy has tricked so many believers into thinking and into believing is that if they forsake the riches of this world and they just go into poverty, or at least I'm, you know, at least I'm not just whoring myself after money. There's some truth in there. But if you serve the poverty demon, you'll be in black magic the rest of your life. Praise God. He has a solution. The Holman Christian Standard Bible, from the radiance of his presence, his cloud swept onward with hail and blazing coals. At the brightness that was before him, the clouds passed hail and coals of fire. The Dewey Reigns Bible. 2 Samuel 22:13. The NSB from 1977. From the brightness before him, coals of fire were kindled. 
Shinran Neisekira. Fiery coals lit up the sky in front of you. From the brightness before him were brands of fire kindled. Were brands of fire kindled. We gotta check this one out. Hey. Young's literal translation, 2 Samuel 22 13. From the brightness before him were brands of fire kindled. We're talking about the brightness before him, coals of fire being kindled. Do you remember in Zechariah 3 1 through 2? And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan, standing at his right hand to be his adversary. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Yea, the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? Joshua the high priest. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Second Samuel twenty two thirteen for the brightness before him from the brightness before him were brands of fire kindled. From the brightness before him coals of fire were kindled. In the contemporary English version Fiery coals lit up the sky in front of you. 2 Samuel 22.14 The Lord thundered from heaven, the voice of the Most High resounded. And from the treasury of Scripture, through the brightness before him were coals of fire kindled. 2 Samuel 22 David's Song of Praise David sang to the Lord the words of this song. When the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul, he said, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my savior. From violent people you save me. I called to the Lord who was worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. The waves of death swirled about me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. Glory to the Lord if you've been saved from the python and the fowler. Amen. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I called out to my God. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came to his ears. The earth trembled and quaked. The foundations of the heavens shook. They trembled because he was angry. Oh, I called out to my God. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came to his ears. 
the earth trembled and quaked. The foundations of the heavens shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his canopy around him. The dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, bolts of lightning blazed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemy. With great bolts of lightning, he routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed. And the foundations of the earth laid bare. At the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of his breath from his nostrils, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I am not guilty of turning from my God. All his laws are before me. I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and I have kept myself from sin. The Lord has renewed. Drinking a special water today. I will continue this. If you follow us on Facebook, you might have seen this last night. I have a picture of Jesus on the wall from a dear friend who gave it to me. And which is really exciting, I'm sure for you now. You know that you know that you know that you did hear from God when he told you to make those for everyone. Hey, that's good. But I had just cleaned that picture the other day. I was, you know, we're about the cleanliness of the priesthood, so, you know, always cleaning. And I just dusted and had cleaned off his picture the other day. It's clean in the house. And so, you know, everything on that wall is perfect and spotless and clean, and there's, it's far from, it's too far away from any sink or any moisture. There's nothing around, no vents, no nothing that would cause there to be anything of moisture on this picture, framed, glass and a wooden frame on the wall. And last night, Brandon and I were having tacos, and we were sitting at the counter across the room from this picture, 
and I was talking to the Lord Jesus within my spirit. And I asked him a question. You know, we have our burning questions sometimes. <laughs> like burning coals of fire from our heart of hearts and our spirit. And I just had looked up right after asking him my, que my question in my spirit. And the picture on the wall of Jesus, Akian's painting, physically winked with his right eye. And I was staring there like, this picture, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like the glorified version of those haunted, you know, horror movies that go in a haunted house and the pictures are moving, but in a glorious heavenly way where the picture is a portal and the, the portal shows you what you're looking at in heaven. And I've seen this picture do crazy stuff before. One time a bubble physically came out of his mouth. A little bubble, I watched it come out of the painting and then pop in the room. Blew a bubble. Oh, so precious. I love it. Ooh. Oh, Jesus. So anyway, I seen him wink with this little grin. And I felt like that wink was the answer to my question. And thank you for that, by the way. That was beautiful. And so we go to enjoy, you know, the sauna after dinner. And at one point, I'm standing in the room outside of the sauna, and the, the light, all of a sudden, I'm just looking, and the light started increasing in the room. And it's the middle of the night. There's nothing changing with the lights in the room. It just starts getting brighter. And in this spot, I can see the light coming down from the lightning pathways from the third heaven, the throne of the Father and his face, the lightness, the brightness of his face beaming down. And sometimes when it gets really bright like that, I get a little like, like I want to look up, but I'm kind of nervous to look up. But it got so bright, it just kept increasing in the brightness. No, it was beautiful, and I just, I love, because, you know, in his light, we see light. And so, then later we come back, and so I'm looking at, you know, we're just walking in, and as we walk in, we see the picture of Jesus that had winked at me earlier, had this, like, oil, like, clear rainbow diamond-looking oil droplets on the the painting, I mean, everything in the kitchen is completely clean. Makes zero sense. There's nothing even around it. There's not even a substance like that in this house that could do that physically, what it was doing. I mean, if you put, if you try to put oil on anything, it's just like, it'll just you know, run. These are perfect little bubbles of oil. Clear as crystal water with like a rainbowy thing. <laughs> and they came out of the, they'd come out of the picture was all around on the picture and splattered up the wall like a little and so we're just in awe because I mean we were just sitting there not that long ago looking at this thing and it was completely clean and clear and there was just nothing so of course you know it's a mystic sign and wonder it's literally oil from heaven physically so that was pretty exciting so we took the oil you know prayed for each other like a little anointing 
you know, a little sprinkle a little grace on it. And you know, <laughs> if you guys know me, you know I like to eat pretty much anything that comes from heaven. <laughs> I'm like notorious with my angels for eating angel feathers. Okay, I'll probably hear about that for eternity. Anyway, so I took the little... <laughs> I had to eat, so I was like, I must ingest this oil. I must eat it. <laughs> I want to eat the oil from heaven. There's still a few droplets on there today, but we used most of it up. It was so good. And it was just wonderful and a beautiful presence. And I'm just really grateful for that. But anyway, I took, I wanted to take some with me, so I took a little, like, end of the silverware and gently got a few dabs of the oil, and I mixed it into my water so I could drink it. Oh, and my phone thinks I'm talking to it now. Okay. Come and drink. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, that was exciting. What's the good in talking about it? We notice that the more we talk about the things of heaven, there's an impartation, and more miracles start to manifest. So just receive it by faith and let it grow your faith. And let all these things be activated in your life today. Holy. All right. The Song of David. Let's go back to that. Verse 25. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his sight. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the devious, you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them low. You, Lord, are my lamp. The Lord turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against the truth. Mm, yeah, you see, you can see how we're confronting that satanic order of Melchizedek and the heavenlies. The carnal interpretation in the soul realm or even in the spirit realm apart from the spirit of god the lord turns my darkness into light is one of their words that they use to justify the alchemy of sin in self-righteousness the darkness in the true word in the way of god is he annihilates the darkness with his light he destroys and removes he circumcises he cuts it away and out it's removed. It's an abomination to the Lord. He cuts it out and he removes it. And in his light, we see true light, pure light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. His way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him, for who is God besides the Lord, and who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength, 
and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give way. I pursued my enemies and crushed them. I did not turn back till they were destroyed. I crushed them completely and they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. You armed me with strength for battle. You humbled my adversaries before me. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight and destroyed my foes. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them. To the Lord, but he did not answer. I beat them as fine as the dust of the earth. I pounded and trampled them like mud in the streets. You have delivered me from the attacks of the peoples. You have preserved me as the head of nations. People I did not know now serve me. Foreigners cower before me. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. They lose all heart. They come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be my God. The rock, my savior. He is the God who avenges me, who puts the nations under me, who sets me free from my enemies. You exalted me above my foes. From a violent man you rescued me. Therefore I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing the praises of your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing kindness to his anointed to David and his descendants forever. Amen. Habakkuk 3, 4, NIV. His splendor was like the sunrise. His splendor was like the sunrise. Rays flashed from his hand where his power was hidden. Where his power was hidden. The NLT. His coming is as brilliant as the sunrise. Rays of light flash from his hands where his awesome power is hidden. It's the coming of his splendor. His lightnings, his coals of fire, cloud chariot of fire. Cloud chariot. Thick clouds shielded the brightness around him and rained down hail and burning coals. And from the Bishop's Bible of 1568. His clouds, hailstones, and coals of fire fell down before him after lightning. Oh. His clouds, hailstones, and coals of fire. His clouds, hailstones, and coals of fire fell down before him after lightning. His clouds, hailstones, and coals of fire fell down before him after lightning. Coverdale, Bible of 1535. At the brightness of his presence, the clouds removed with hailstones and coals of fire. 
and they spell, I think some of you will like this, they spell fire, F-Y-R-E, fire. Coals of fire, F-Y-R-E, fire. Somebody can bring that back. Hallelujah. The word for coals used in poetry as lightning in 2 Samuel 22, which we just read. David's song. That word for coals is also used in a simile of strife. Proverbs 26:21, which is opposed to black coal. It's a simile of strife. And as we have been learning, we need both edges of the sword so that you can understand it's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil versus the tree of life. You can understand that Melchizedek, the false one, as we learned in our root word study and the etymology, that Molech of unrighteousness is the satanic black order of Melchizedek, and Jesus Christ, the the son of righteousness. Your God is a sun and a shield. Jesus Christ is Melchizedek. He is the priesthood of Melchizedek. Onyx, glory, blackstone. As opposed to the strife of the black coal. Burning coals of splendor, fire, white, lightning, versus black coals of strife, black, lightning. And from the Jewish Bible, Daniel 9.24. Shiva'im Heptads is decreed upon thy people and upon thy ear Kadesh, the holy city to restrain the transgression and make an end of Chetat sin and to make Kapora for Avan and to bring in Zedek Olamim everlasting righteousness and to seal up the Chazon and the Navi and to anoint the Kadesh Akodashim or in English Seventy weeks are decreed for your people and your holy city. To finish the transgression, to put an end to sin, and to atone for iniquity. To bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and profit. To seal up the Chazon and Navi. To bring in ever lasting righteousness to seal both vision and profit and to anoint a most holy place fire seventy sevens are decreed for your people and for your holy city to finish transgression to put an end to sin and to atone for wickedness to bring in everlasting righteousness to seal up Vision and prophecy and anoint the most holy place. Seventy sevens. Sevens 
Shabuya. Shabuya. <laughs> hey. Let's just search me out there. Shabuya. Close enough. Seven. Period of seven days or years. A heptad. A week. Or. A feast of weeks. Seven of years. Feast of weeks. Seventy-seven. Seventy feasts of weeks. The term Pentecost comes from the Greek Pentecoste. Meaning 50th. It refers to the Jewish festival of Shavuot. Shavuot. <gasps> Unlearned. Unlearned. Celebrated on the 50th day after Passover. Hallelujah. Hey, I like making the angels laugh. They put up with a lot. Celebrated on the 50th day after the Passover. It is known as the Feast of Weeks, Pentecost, and the Feast of 50 Days in Rabbinic Tradition. The 50th day after Passover is Pentecost! 77s. 70 Feasts of Weeks? 70 Pentecosts? How many Pentecosts have we been have? I broke it! Yeah, how many, how many Pentecost we finna have over here? Oh, this time is over. Oh, Lord. Hey. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? The 50th day after the Passover is Pentecost. Seven sevens. Seven, okay, math class. Seven times seven is. Good job. 49. Then on the 50th year, it is the Jubilee. What? On the 50th year is a Jubilee? Oh, wait, didn't they say the sevens? Could also be the period of seven years? Oh. Math. <laughs> then on the 50th year, it is the Jubilee. 77. When we have this Jubilee of all Jubilees. The Jubilee of Jubilee. The three major feasts on the Jewish calendar are the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, which is the Passover. First one. Out of three major feasts. Then the second one is the Feast of Weeks. That's Pentecost. The third one, the Feast of Booths. Also called Sukkoth. S-U-K-K-O-T-H. So let's take a look at Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And this lovely old Facebook post from like February of 2019 or 2018. 
I think this is the diary journal from 2018 that we put out in 2019. Anyway. Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles. Oh, Jesus. Passover, eating the unleavened bread covered by the blood of the Lamb, passed over by death, received by the blood of Jesus, received life by the blood of Jesus. Salvation. Passover, salvation, outer courts, still in Egypt, Moses leads out through the Red Sea. Water baptism, baptized into his death, looks at his own sin, looks at self, looks at the cross to be transformed. Passover. Number two, Pentecost. Feast of wheat, offering of first fruits at Mount Sinai, the giving of the law to Moses. New Testament, Holy Spirit, baptism and gifts. Inner court. The giving of the new covenant. Pentecost. Church meeting in buildings follows the law of the New Testament. Upper room, company receives fire, purity. Others in various churches still struggle to understand basic spiritual truths. <laughs> Mixture creeps in. Wheat and tares. Feast of wheat. Jesus speaks of the tares sown in with the wheat. Let them grow up together, then separate the tares and burn. Mixture of grace and law. Some refuse to leave Mount Sinai wilderness due to unbelief. Always grumble and complain against both God and Moses, the New Testament, they grumble against the apostles where there is mixture. Jesus and his true apostles lead the people out of the wilderness and into the promised land, leading us to three tabernacles. The commemoration of God's protection of his people, dwelling in tents or booths while traveling through the wilderness. We celebrate God who provided for us through the wilderness part of our journey. Sacrifices made until your whole heart is on the golden altar. Receiving God's perfect love as the heart can now receive it. Receiving God's perfect love as the heart can now receive it. Seal of fire on your heart. Take the fire and place it over your entire being. Baptism in fire. Purged and sealed by fire, which is his love for you. Understanding in spirit both the kindness and severity of God, you love him and know him as both the lamb and the lion. Having been flooded with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God the Father fills you with the fullness of his love. Fire, you are his tabernacle, his dwelling place. You fully had him, now he fully has you. Opening of the seven eyes. 
the manifesting Son of God. Manifesting the Son of God. Possessed with Christ himself, we have seen him face to face, clear as day. We walk with him in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden in our hearts, not a slave to works, but freedom as a son, doing the works of the Father. The Son's seal of fire, the seal of righteousness. Song of Songs, Son Seal. Passover Pentecost Tabernacles. Jesus in Jerusalem at the Feast of Tabernacles in John 7. At the Feast of Tabernacles, the third one. John 7, 37 in the NIV. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Jesus is in Jerusalem during the Feast of Booths, also known as the Festival of Tabernacles, during this week-long celebration, seven days. Israel remembered the intervention of God during their wandering in the wilderness as described in the book of Exodus. As a part of this holiday, priests would carry water from the pool of Siloam to the altar, remembering God's provision of water for Israel. Exodus 17. And the last day of the feast is called the great day when the priests would recite After carrying water from the pool of Siloam to the altar, remembering God's provision, the priest would recite Psalm 118.25 while making seven circuits around the altar. This backdrop is crucial for understanding why Jesus spoke these particular words at this particular time. Psalm 118.25 that the Pharisees were praying continually was this. Save now! I beseech thee, O Lord, O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Oh, well, I got your attention. Uh-huh. <laughs> send now prosperity, you know. Bringing the water to the altar, walking around the altar seven times. And as they're praying this, Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord, O Lord, I beseech thee, send out prosperity. And then there is Jesus Christ, shouting out, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Revelation twenty-two seventeen says, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes to take free the free gift of the water of life. That is why it is written. But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. The only true way to inherit riches without sorrow and without the curse of man is through practicing righteousness in the cosmic tree of life. That is why, when you come up here, the sorrows of finances are not felt the way people living in the earth feel it. But even Job, as he was perfect, experienced suffering in the realms of righteousness, but in the end, God repaid him much more than he ever lost.
riches in the white sun. The Pharisees pray for prosperity, and Jesus shouts the answer publicly, Come and drink! Come and drink. What was the river, the spirit, and the bride described in Revelation? Revelation 4, 6. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal in the center, and around the throne were four living creatures. And they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The river of life. Then the angels showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city and also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and its and his servants will worship him. They will see his face and on, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. The river is crystal clear. That is why the polluted drinks of the drunken glory under the sun are so utterly accursed with poverty. It is the enemy of the teaching of righteousness. The tree was on either side of the river. The narrow way of the cosmic tree of life is the boundary stone, the rock of ages that keeps you in the narrow way, the highway of holiness, in the crystal clear and sparkling liver, living. Uh -huh. It's just a matter of time. They can't stop us now. The Rock of Ages. Hey. The tree was on either side of the river. The narrow way of the cosmic tree of life is the boundary stone. The Rock of Ages that keeps you in the narrow way, the highway of holiness. In the crystal, clear, and sparkling living waters. To keep you from falling into stagnant waters or tables of the bread and wine of demons. In Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. Sun seal of righteousness, to add these things unto you, as you do not forsake the way and stay the narrow course through the gate, the door, Enoch's door, is Jesus Christ, the gate. Song of Solomon 8.6 Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. For love is as strong as death, its jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. What part of love is as unyielding, as strong as the grave? It's jealousy. The jealousy of love is stronger than death. In the New Testament, where the Bible says that love is not jealous, the translation of that word jealous 
has to do with not coveting items, not being jealous of others' belongings, riches, things, stuff, possessions, wealth, etc. But where you see the jealousy of God translated in the Bible, the jealousy of God, it means a jealous lover. He always gets jealous when his spouse cheats on him and betrays him by flirting with demons, demon gods of other nations, and go whoring after idols of pride and lust. When we get into pride and lust, we are cheating on God. It is a righteous thing for God to be jealous when his bride-to-be or his spouse cheats on him. All his ways are right and just and are perfect love. That is why in the natural, it is a just thing for a spouse to have a jealous love for their married partner that they might not flirt with anyone else, have a crush on anyone else, or even a twinge of wanting to have someone else as their beloved, their confidant, the one they wake up to and talk to every day. The one they are excited to communicate with first and foremost to share life together. Life, revelations, jokes, exploration, the very things of your heart. That is how Jesus is toward his bride. He has a jealous love. This jealousy of love is also the mystery of the spear of Phineas. Jesus will never go after demons or fallen angels or animals with his sacred affections of his heart. He has reserved that just for you. He clothes you like he clothes himself, giving you starry garments of splendor, washing you, and even calling you his bride, my equal, my bride. Pure devotion. Once you start to walk in measures of pure devotion that John the Beloved wrote about in his epistles, it will be reflected in your pure devotion to a natural spouse. Since the natural body shows the overflow of the spiritual substance inside the cup, and for those unmarried it shows itself forth in virgin purity, even in those married, it shows itself forth in virgin purity. Sun seal of the song of all songs, the song of the bride and the lamb, the spirit and the bride. Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? I roused you under the apple tree, for there your mother conceived you, there she travailed and brought you forth. Set me as a seal over your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is as strong as death. It's jealousy as unrelenting as Sheol. Its sparks are fiery flames, the fiercest blaze of all. The jealousy of the love of God, pure devotion, is the fiercest blaze of all. Mighty waters cannot quench love. 
Rivers cannot sweep it away. If a man were to give all the wealth of his house for love, his offer will be utterly scorned. From the book of Revelation. Blessed are those who wash their robes, so that they might have the right to the tree of life, and that they may enter by the city gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers of the sexually immoral, and murderers and idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to give into the ministry of the red letters of Jesus Christ, you can scan the codes, you can give in the links below, and be blessed mightily for your obedience to the throne of God. Let those who give into this message today be doubly blessed with the sun seal of righteousness and a special gift of obedience today in their spirit, mind, soul, bones, blood, and even marrow to the pure devotion of Jesus.